Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. July 17th, 2016. Hey, what's up, FC? Welcome to the podcast. I'm Bobby. Thanks for listening. I hope you're having an amazing day so far and that you didn't sweat too much due to the excessive heat. Before we get to the message, here's what's happening right now at Foundations Church. First off, FC Kids Pool Party. This Friday, 5 p.m., email Sammy at foundationschurch.tv or RSVP on the Facebook event if you'd like to come or if your kid would like to come. It'd probably be weird if you didn't bring a kid. Be sure to bring your water wings, super soaker, and a Snickers bar, and sunscreen, and an air conditioner, and also a kid. Also, August 2nd, FC Women's Ladies Night Out. You can email Casey at foundationschurch.tv if you are interested, or you can just go check out the Facebook page, the FC Women's Facebook page, not the main one. It's like if you take a left and then go down two blocks, you'll see the FC Women's page. You can't miss it. Anyway. Good Without morning. further ado, it's good to here's see everybody Pastor here Justin. on this Sunday morning. Before we get going in our message today, I want to welcome everybody here, introduce myself um, in case I've never gotten a chance to meet you. My name is Justin Graves, and I have the privilege of getting to be the lead pastor here. We want to welcome everybody watching online as well. We know our summer online attendance is really high, um, the lake and everything else pulling at people, so and we want to welcome all those tuning in. Um, a couple of announcements before we get started. Right after service, after this service today, um, if you are interested in going on a missions trip to Ethiopia, um, we are going to be doing that in November, and I'm telling you, it is is one of the best mission trips I have ever, ever taken. Um, one of the greatest life moments, bucket list, whatever you want to put on it, that I've ever done. And so if you're interested, you would like information on it, man, sign up. Uh, well, don't sign up. Be here right after service, um, after our second service, and we're going to have a meeting on that. I will tell you, we only have nine spots remaining right now, um, and so space is very limited. It is a fun trip. It is a life-changing trip. Um, man, it really impacted me last year when I went, and so if you are interested in going on that trip, we are going to be meeting in here after our second service today. Also, um, we have had a great Great Summer Foundation Church. You are killing it. Um, we have a, a lot of people ask, well, you know, what's, are, are we growing still? How, how's everything going? Um, I will tell you, last June, this past month, was our best June ever, um, both numerically and financially. So Foundation Church, thank you so much for being the church, man. Um, it has been phenomenal. And one thing we believe to our core is that found people find people. I don't know if you got to see in the lobby, but we have signs up of all of our values that is our process to see people go from lost people to a disciple of Christ. These are our values at the church. This is what we're all about, that everything we do 
fits and functions in one of these processes, one of these values. And I want to thank Ted Lacina over here, because Ted always sits somewhere over here. There's Ted. Thank you so much for doing the signs for us this week, Ted. They look fantastic, bro. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But we believe found people find people, that it's just a reaction we have. And all of us have a person. We have a person, don't you? Um, you've got that person that you're like, man, um, I need to invite that person to church. And you always think about doing it, and you're always thinking about doing it. Um, and one reason I think we have churches full of CEOs, uh, Christmas and Easter only people, is because uh, we, we, we only invite during Christmas and Easter. Truth. And so I, I want to let you know, next week, I'm preaching a message called Brand New. And next week, I am preaching that message for that person. That you are, you've just been thinking, man, they need to come to church. They need to just change their life. It is going to be a great day of us talking about God doesn't just change you. He didn't just forgive you. He makes you brand new. Um, you are a new creation. And so invite. Let's be found people that find people. I, I think it would be awesome if we just started hitting a growth spurt in the middle of summer. Wouldn't that be incredible? Um, there's a lot of people that are looking for a church. They've had New Year's resolutions, and now they're just kind of living with the reality of life. Invite somebody to come with you next week. It's going to be awesome. I think it would be incredible if we had more people in the middle of July than we did Easter Sunday. That would be awesome. So go invite somebody to be with you next week. Uh, Last week I wasn't here, and um, this has this does not count for preaching. Just so you know, right now this does not this is not in my notes. This is not um, something uh, that that I had planned to say. But I have been off the grid for about two weeks. Um, me and my family got on vacation for a little bit, um, but before our vacation, I just decided to be off social media for a little bit. Um, and if you've never done it, man, it's liberating. It is great um, to just be like, ah, you know, to watch less and live more. Um, it's kind of been one of my life goals this year to watch less and live more. And um, I got back on and, and kind of didn't watch the news, didn't watch anything. I, I knew about the whole Dallas thing. And when I got back on, dang, like Pokemon Go, what is that? <laughs> I was like, I thought that was like, that was so 90s. Um, you know, I was like, what, what, what is it? And, and here's the deal. You can want to blame teenagers and college students, but it's grown adult men and women doing this thing. Like, there's a Pokemon right on you. If you come up and get a Pokemon on me, I will kick you in the face. Um, <laughs> but on all serious, uh, man, there's a lot of division going on right now in our country. There's a lot of crazy things happening. Whether it is what bathroom to use at Target? Whether it's you're voting for Hillary or you're voting for Trump, there's a lot of things going on. This morning, there were two other police officers killed in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And here's the deal about this. I'm very almost reluctant to even say anything, but man, as the leader and the pastor of Foundation Church, I've got to say something. And you can't say anything. It seems like that these days you can't say anything good about the police or you hate the African-American culture and you can't say anything good about the African-American culture or you hate the police. This has got to stop. And it's got to stop here. 
in the church, the church, the big C church. Now I'm not talking foundation church. We're doing pretty good, but it's got to stop here. Let me say as the pastor, if you are a police officer here, thank you for what you do week in and week out. We love our police officers. We love them. We love our firefighters. We love our so we love our first responders. We love and appreciate what you have done and what you continue to do. It does not go unnoticed. We love you. In the same breath, let me say if you are an African American in this place, we love you and we are for you just like we are for any other race, anybody else. We love you whether you're white, black, brown, pink, purple, albino. It don't matter. We love you. If you're purple, we may have to talk. But I, I just want to say, we, there's our job as Christians, as followers of Christ, is not to, uh, uh, man, just make everything worse. Isn't to uh, uh, tear things apart and tear people Apart, it's, it's been way easier for our culture to point the fingers rather than open our arms. But as followers of Christ, we are called to open our arms and love everyone. And we're called to love everyone even if they don't share your same viewpoint. Even if they don't vote Republican or Democrat, even if they do a different job, even if you don't like their viewpoint, let me tell you, we're called to love people not just in here, but on Facebook as well, on Twitter as well, on, on chat room. I don't even know what I'm, but all over the place, we're called to not point, to not hate, to not divide, but hear what Jesus told his disciples their job as disciples were to do. John 13, verse 34 through 35 says this, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. And listen to this, verse 35, your love for one another, not your t-shirt, not your bumper sticker, not where you check in at church, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Man, church, if every follower of Christ would live this out, we would flood out the hate and we would fill it up with love. And the, the thing I love is that the greatest thing, the greatest of these, of faith, hope, and love, is love. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 48, because I know what some of us are thinking. Well, he said that to love the disciples with people who are fellow Christians, but what about the people I don't like? You, I, you don't like their sticker. You don't like what rally they go to. Hear me, 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 because let me tell you, there are some people I don't like. Just be honest. There's people you don't like. There's people you struggle to love. But hear me, the message, the Amplified Version says this in Matthew 5, 43 through 48. It says, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor, your fellow man, and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love. That is, unselfishly seek the best or higher good for your enemy and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may show yourselves to be the children of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on those who are evil and those who are good, 
and makes the rain fall on the righteous, those who are morally upright, and the unrighteous, the unrepentant, those who oppose them. For if you love only those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do that. And if you greet only your brothers, people who agree with you, people who are on your side, wishing them God's blessing and peace, what more than others are you doing? Do not even the Gentiles who don't know the Lord do that. You therefore will be perfect, growing into spiritual maturity, both in mind and character, actively integrating godly values into your daily life as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's what Jesus tells us as followers of him, as disciples, people who are imitating him to do. That's what you're called to do. It's not to spread your hate speech. It's not to tell who you are for or who you're against. You're to love everyone, whether they deserve it or whether they don't, whether you agree with them or whether you don't. Love one another. And, and, and I say this, everyone is welcome at Foundation Church. If you're confused about, I'm not being funny right now. If you don't know which restroom to use at Target, you're welcome here. We want you here. If, if you have a horrible past, you know what? We want you here because we believe God can change you. And if you're actively seeking a place that, to, to be changed and come to a relationship with God, man, we believe God has the power to change you. There's got to be a place where the drug dealers can change. There's got to be a place where the child molester can get delivered. There's got to be a place where the worst of the worst men are forgiven and delivered and they can change. A couple of months ago, I held up a letter that talked about a drug deal of somebody trying to get their drugs here at church and somebody left it and tonight I was like um you got to be kidding me and I know who it was too and I've got great news for you a couple of months ago about two weeks after I shared that that person raised their hand for salvation and recommitted their life there's got to be a place for that church to exist for that to happen and here, here's and now we're kind of getting into the message here <laughs> and here's what we, we kind of come to is that I don't think any of us would say, well, that person's not welcome at Foundations Church. That person's not welcome to be here because we know better. We, we, know, we know better. But where we've kind of gotten to is that while we welcome everyone, we don't welcome every phase. We don't welcome every phase of life that people are in or in their spiritual walk that they're in. And understand, and it's our first point today, is that here at Foundations Church, every phase has to have a place. Every phase that people are in has to have a place. When I was growing up, and probably many of you too, when we were growing up, you had a kid's table and an adult's table, right? And the kids ate on the linoleum because you weren't gonna put carpet under the kid's table. Why? Because there were messes. This is like, my, my mom always took us through the line as fast as she could so she could just let us be, you know, so she didn't have to hear us anymore. And, and they would just put us there on the linoleum and you would eat while the adults had adult time. There was the adult table and the kids table. And one thing I realized and started understanding as I was a kid and as I've moved to being at the adult table sometimes um, and not being at the kids table is that the longer you're at the adult table, the less intolerant you are of the kids table 
right? I mean, really, you got that grumpy great uncle that you never see that your dad tells you stay away from him. That's like, those kids are making a mess in there. They're spilling mashed potatoes and gravy everywhere. Shut up, kids, you know, and you're like, man, easy, easy, go away, go away. You know, they, the longer you become at the, at the adult's table, the less intolerant you become of the kid's table. And we don't want kids at the table <laughs> because they say stuff they shouldn't say. You know, they go to grandma and grandpa's house and be like, my mom hates your cooking, grandma. She says it's always dry and it doesn't have enough seasoning on it. And they were talking about, why do we have to come here? My dad said, just do this once for me, babe. Um, you know, it's... <laughs> Shut up. They, they don't know. They don't know. They make messes. They just, they just... They're just living it and laughing at things they shouldn't laugh at. Because they, they, you come to my house, it's like being at the kids' table all the time. And Casey would say a huge amen right here. Um, it is. Um, it, it, and we, we, we become, in the church, less intolerant of phases, of, of messes. Messes. And one thing I've said at Foundation Church, one of our values, and you'll see it all on the walls, and I love that they're permanent, is that we have to be a place where the lost can become found. And we have to be a church that is messy and that stays messy. When people come to the Lord, it's like them going into a, a, a high chair. Now, when a kid is learning to eat, it is a mess. It, it's disaster. And when, when I always pick my kids up after they were done eating, I pick them up like this, like all the dads did. You're like, you nasty kid. Don't you get that on me. Don't you move. Don't, don't you move. <laughs> and moms are like licking their face off like a cat. It's just gross. Don't put your spit on anybody. You know, don't. My dad taught me that. Don't spit on people. You're spitting on someone. Maybe your kid, but stop spitting on them. We know they're yours. Not like licking a piece of candy like mine. Um, here's the deal is that when, when a kid's learning to eat, when, they, when they're starting all this, you don't look at that kid and being like, you're, you're an idiot. What's wrong with you? Put it in your mouth, put it in your mouth. You know, you don't, they're, they're figuring it out. It's all over the place. And grandma comes over and like, oh, look at them. They're so cute, they're so wonderful. It's just everywhere, this is so great. Can I tell you, as a parent of two grown girls for the most part, I don't miss this. Trace Atkins lies when he sings, you're gonna miss this, you're gonna want this back. I don't want this back. I don't, I don't want poopy diapers back. Amen. Cause this is a mess. And church, we have to be okay with this phase right here. We, we do. We got to be okay was spiritual, it's gonna take a while. It's, it's gonna take a while. Check out Matthew chapter nine, verses nine through 13. It says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew. We know Matthew, he's the first book of the New Testament. He's a disciple sitting at his tax collector's booth. Now let's stop. We know most of us in this place that tax collectors was the most despised thing you could do in the Jewish culture. They hated tax collectors. I mean, they hated them. And so Matthew's sitting in his tax collector's booth 
And Jesus says, follow me. And he invites him and says, and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. And later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as a dinner guest, along with many tax collectors and other, I love this part, disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees, the religious people, saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? Why, why them? Is what they're saying. It's, almost, it's just like I felt when Kevin Durant went to Golden State. I was like, why? I, I'm over it. It's his decision. But anybody but them, KD. Come on. Not them. Not Golden State. Ah, You know, duh. not them. That, that's like even a bigger emphasis over here is happening with the Pharisees. Why, but anybody but them. Why is he eating with such scum? And when Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. And here it is, we've made Jesus saying, man, you're a little too messy to come to church. And next week is a messy week, man. I hope we have messes. People don't even know how to act in church. I, I, a couple of weeks ago, and excuse my language, I'm not trying to cuss. So somebody, if you think I'm a cussing pastor, I'm not. I don't cuss at home. I don't cuss here, but it just makes a story. Uh, my wife's armpits are sweating right now. Um, but... I, we preached a message, and it's this guy's first time to church, and he was like, he walked out, and he goes, Pastor, man, that's the best damn speech I ever heard. <laughs> and I was like, awesome, man, yeah. You know, it's like, all right, it's not a speech, but all right, that's the part that bothered me. I was like, not a speech. Um, here's the deal. We need to be messy like that. We, we need to allow... The scum, the people nobody else is reaching, the people that say, nah, you're not welcome here to come here, to be here, to be welcomed and belong here. And, and we do good welcoming people. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great phase you're in. Let's keep you kind of over there. You can come to church, but why don't you stay? Oh, you want to come to my connect group? Huh. I think we're full. I think our connect group's full. So, so you find, man, we want you in one, but you find, oh, you want to go grab lunch after death or after service? Oh, man, I'm, I'm totally slammed this week. Let's push it to a month because maybe in a month they'll forget about it. If I say next week, they'll be like, oh, where are we going? You know, it's, it's, it's I, I don't know if I want you around my kids because, man, you're going to have to explain some things and then I'm actually going to have to talk to my kids about Jesus and the way we're supposed to conduct ourselves. So, so it's way easier if I just keep your face over here and I I go to the adult table with all my adult friends who act and think like me, but how are people supposed to change if they're never welcomed in? How are people supposed to change if they're never in a relationship with someone to show them the way? You know, this past week, I saw, I saw one of my 
my teenagers, who was in my youth group, Jason Nussbaum, he's got his, this, his son, Paxton, he's, and they showed a, a video and said, we've got a walker. And, and so there, he's sitting there and Paxton takes four steps and then he falls and Jason catches him and like swings him around and laughing is like, yeah. And, and it struck me, Jason didn't like let him fall on his face and be like, boy, you should step better. You should be careful where you walk, you know? He, he's not like upset because he only took four steps. He's like, man, we've been working on your quads and your hamstrings to be better. You should have a vertical body now. No, 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 no. He was excited that he had taken steps. And church, all the time, if we're not careful, we can become very legalistic about what life change really looks like. And we can say, well, I'm just ready for people to change. I'm ready for people not to act like this. I'm ready for people, they, they know better. When are they going to do better? But when you look at Jesus' disciples, Jesus spent three and a half years in the flesh, day in, day out, with his disciples. And yet they were still a mess to the very end. Man, they were fighting about who's the most important. Well, James and John brought their mama because they're a bunch of mama's boy to ask if they could sit by you in paradise. That stinks, Jesus. You know, that's not okay. You know, they're constantly comparing. Uh, uh, one of his 12, Judas, betrayed him left him, sold him out. Peter, the one that he said, I'm gonna build my church on, totally denied even knowing him. And almost all of them except one deserted him when he got arrested, when he was being beat. They were nowhere to be found. They were hiding. They were a mess, and yet we expect people not to be a mess, and yet they spent three and a half years walking side by side seeing miracles with Jesus. Can I tell you, it takes a while. It takes a while, and we have got to make sure that every phase has a place, that every phase is welcome and every person's mess is welcome. It says this in Romans chapter 15, verse 7. It says, therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory, not so that you will look good, so that you will look important, but so that God will be given glory and his kingdom will be built. The second thing I would say is this, because everybody that's a mess right now, you're like, I love this church. Well, it's coming for you right now. It's this, we have a mandate to keep growing and moving. As followers of Christ, we have a mandate to keep growing and moving. Now, if you invited somebody to your house and you have a high chair by the table and they're a grown adult and they come in and they sit in your high chair, and they're dead serious, they say, hey, I'll, I'll sit here. I'm good. You got bib? Got a sippy cup? Maybe some little plastic forks and spoons? Maybe even a spork will work for me right now, you know? Um, and, and you got your Cheerios, because I, I, that, that, you need to cut up my hot dog, because I might choke on it. You know, I, if, if, cut my grapes up, because that's a choking hazard, too. And they were serious. You would be like, get out of my house, you big weirdo. And that's okay. That's okay. That person does not need to be one. I'm just playing. Um, I'm gonna break this, Sammy. If I break your high chair, I'll buy you a new one, buddy. Here's the deal. If, if people aren't growing and they're not advancing into the booster seat and then to a regular seat, there's a growth problem, right? So there's a physical problem that needs 
attention. And so we take them to a doctor because there's a physical problem occurring in their life. And yet many of us, we're stuck in the high chair. And there's a spiritual problem that's happened that needs our attention. Because you weren't just called to stay here and live like you are and to be who you are and just be like, this is me, Jesus. No, 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 no. You have a mandate. There is a command for you to keep growing, for you to keep moving. It says this in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 11. It says, in view of all this, make every effort to respond that you are doing something on your end to respond to God's promises. Supplement or feed your faith, your relationship with God with the generous provision of moral excellence. And moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, there it is, the more you grow, because changing, growing equals changing. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting what they have been clean, that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you are really among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know in the physical, uh, just nature of our life, kids work at growing, at changing. They start doing little pinching motions and they get the pinching motion, the fundamental motion of eating with the Cheerio or the puffs. And when they get down and, and when they get that down, they can sign, you kind of sit their high chair all the way up because they're not doing the Stevie Wonder neck anymore. You know, they kind of can hold their head up without it, you know, and you'd be like, oh dear Jesus, help them. Please don't let them break their neck. Um, you know, and, and, and they start functioning in the high chair. And so from the high chair, they grow and they move to the booster chair. I think this thing's called a boppy or something like that. I call it blimpy like the sandwich place. But um, they move to this because they can sit up and they can start using forks and spoons and they start doing this. And then eventually you start giving them real plates and you start giving them cups without lids on it. And they start moving and they keep growing to this place and to this place and to this place. Why? Because they're getting older. They're changing. They're growing. You can't have growth without change. And you and I, we have to understand, it's a huge value here at Foundation Church. You weren't just called to be a, you're not just a lost person who is now a found person. Now, you gotta keep growing, and growing equals changing. Changing means you're growing, man. There's gotta be growth happening in your life. And like Peter said here, that takes work. That, that takes work. If you're still the same that you've been for months and years, you need to take your next step. Some of you, you, you are a mature follower of Christ, but you haven't taken a next step in years. And you've just been stagnant. I got news for you. Growing means changing throughout your whole relationship with Jesus Christ. In fact, he said this in 1 John 3, verses five through seven. It says, and you know that Jesus came to take away our sins. And there is no sin in him. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin. Woo, John throws down right here. But anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand who he is. 
Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you. Don't let someone fool you. Don't let false teaching come in about this. When people do what is right, it shows they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. First John 3, 7, oh, the message says this so good. It says, so my dear children, don't let anyone divert you from the truth. It's the person who acts right, who is right, just as we see it lived out in our righteous Messiah. The person who acts right is right. Don't be fooled. It's not the person who knows right is right. It's the person who acts right is right. So how are your actions? How are you conducting yourself when nobody's looking? It's because it's a person who acts right who is right. You know, um, we played phase 10 this past week. And I hate phase 10 because I stink at it. It's, you can't strategize. You, it's just pure dumb luck. I mean, it's just luck. And so we're playing this card game, phase 10. And a couple of times before when we had played this as a family, we had made a rule concerning the skip card. Because when you're a sibling, when you have a sister or a brother and you get a skip card, you know who you're going to skip, even if they're in dead last place. They can be on phase one and mom and dad on phase nine, and you are still skipping your brother or sister. Am I right? My sister still does this to me as a 43 year year old woman, a 44-year-old, no, 43, um, she still skips me. It doesn't matter if I'm, I'm always in last place. Skip Justin, and I skip my sister. And so this started happening with our two daughters, with Charlie and Chloe. And Charlie was getting all the skips. There was one hand, she had three skips, and it was just boom, skip Chloe, boom, skip Chloe, boom, skip Chloe. And on the third one, Chloe goes, that's just not fair. That's that And I, I, I'm holding in my giggles because I know, I know what's happening. And Casey's like, why would you be so mean, Charlie? And I'm like, I get this. I got this. I got this. Because Casey's the only child. I'm like, I got the answer. And so we had to change the rules to where you could only skip the person you were next. Because if not, it was going to do irreparable damage to my youngest daughter. Um, and it was not going to be a fun evening. And so we switched the rules because it made our situation easier. But this past week, we switched it back to where you could call it out. And Charlie was skipping the person who was last. It worked out beautifully. But Chloe still didn't like the rules. She's like, I don't like this rule. But I'm like, that's, that's how you play the game. It's in the rules book. You know, you just can't keep changing it because you like it that way. And, and here's why I tell you that story. It's because with the Bible, we want to change the rules because it makes our situation easier. We do. We say, oh, well, the Bible says this about that area of my life. And I, I don't like that, so I'm going to pretend. I'm going to try to change the rules, and I'm going to pretend that it just doesn't exist. And I will tell you, you can find pastors, you can find churches that will tell you this. You know what? Hey, don't worry about that part of the Bible. Don't worry about what it says in 1 John. That it's the person who acts right is right. No, 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 no. Just, just, just read the parts you like, the parts that, that, that tickle your ears, that make you feel good, because this is all about feeling good and making people feel rewarded, and we give everybody a trophy now, and it's fantastic. You can't change the rules just because it makes your situation easier. But you gotta put in the hard work of being a growing person who's a changing person. Because the person who acts right is right. That's it. That's it. And so you can keep changing the rules, but you're gonna lose the game 
Or you can make your, instead of changing the Bible to fit your lifestyle, start changing your lifestyle to start fitting into the Bible and the way it says to conduct your life. Now we start moving from chairs and we start moving from the high chair to the booster chair to hopefully we become this, you know, man and woman of God and we can sit at the table and and we're good and we're welcoming and we're like, bring the high chairs and bring the, you know, the booster chairs and bring the messes and all this stuff and we think we've arrived, but can I tell you, the chair's not the end game. The, the, the chair's never been where we end at. When, when It's our last point. When we learn to grow out of your chair, we grow into the apron. That, that's the goal, is learning to grow out of the chair and into the apron. Instead of just showing up, you start serving. You start you start. Having man, you start using the gifts that God has given you. Romans 12, verse 6 through 11 says this In His grace, God has given us different gifts from doing certain things well, for doing certain things well. So, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pre- pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good and love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Here's what I would say. Um, when... At, the, at my house, growing up in the Graves house, when it came Thanksgiving time, we'd do it at my grandma's house, and there's like 50 people that show up for Thanksgiving, because it's extended cousins, and I mean, the whole great uncle thing, I'm not making that up. There was a mean great uncle that my dad said, stay away from him. Um, the, the, you just had a ton of people, and so you knew you were an adult, and you knew you arrived at a couple, when you got asked to bring something to Thanksgiving dinner, all right? You, you knew you weren't just, I'm not dissing on my college students. College students, you don't have any money, so that's why you don't get asked anything. That we just like, we don't want macaroni and cheese or ramen noodles, so you just don't bring nothing. Um, you just show up and eat food. But here's the deal, is that in my rule book, and I've, I think I've shared this before, I loved when I got asked to bring something because then I was a contributor because if you don't, I'm just telling you, if you don't bring anything to Thanksgiving, you don't get to take any of it home with you. You better not take a to-go plate. Leave it. Put it down. You didn't bring nothing to this party. You leave with a full belly and that's enough. Get serious about my Thanksgiving leftovers. Mm, dressing leftover, microwave with some gravy. Ooh, baby. Um, Mm. going to Luby's. Um, anyways, and, and when my meemaw asked Casey to bring pies, they didn't ask me. I know this. Um, nobody wants my pies or my cookies. You don't want my cooking. Um, but when they asked, I was like, we have arrived. We are not just consumers. We are contributors because they need everybody's help to pull it off, to pull off this big meal. And can I tell you, that's the church. It's not enough for just a few of us to show up and to serve. Man, it takes all of us to become the church God has called us, Foundations Church, to be. And all of you have different gifts. All of you have different abilities. 
But, but don't just sit there and not use them. But use the gifts that God has given you. If somebody came to your house and they showed up every week and said, hey, hey, what are we eating today? You're like, we're making tacos. Ah, I don't feel like tacos today. Well, I'll eat them, I guess. And you bring your tacos and like, man, these tacos, they, they, could, they could use a little bit more seasoning on them. The hamburger meat's a little dull. It's a little flat here. The guacamole, you know, it needs more salt, maybe a little bit. I don't like these chips. And I'm talking a grown adult. I don't, I don't like these chips. Hey, my, my glass is empty. You know, they start shaking at you to fill it up. But they're capable of getting up and doing it themselves. You know, you would be like, ah, no, 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 no. You get up and do it yourself. You lazy, lazy creature. You know, and most of them are your husbands. But just say it. You're just like, hey, I have that person to live with me. Um, you just, no, no. You would not allow that to happen. You would call them lazy and good for nothings. But you know what's crazy to me? What's crazy? What's crazy? And I'm ready to make somebody mad, but I'm okay because I'm going to do it with a smile. <laughs> Is that in the church, we call those people mature followers. It's true. We say, oh, I'm just going to keep. I just need to keep. I need some, some, some tiger meat from the Lord. I need, I, need the, I need the bread of life to come into me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just drenched, but you had, you're, you're just quenched. You're just in a drought. I haven't been, I haven't been fed in so long. It's because you haven't been doing anything with what God has put in you. God has put something in you, and you, I'm just telling you, it is borderline sin to have all these giftings and all these abilities and not use them for something bigger than your purpose. Because save people, man, we serve people. And it is a value for us. Can I tell you what a big thing is for us right now? It's we're better together. And I just talked about we're growing, we're growing, we're growing. Growing means changing. Growing means changing. And some of us, we don't even know how to change. And so that's why we have our connect groups. And, and because you grow out of a relationship, not just a material not just going through some curriculum. And it's, we have all these different connect groups and we need to start more connect groups, but it's crazy to me that we say, man, we're better together, we're better together, get involved in the connect group, and yet we only have maybe 25% of our church attending a connect group. But we say our relationship with Jesus is a priority. That's crazy. You know, one thing I love about foundations, we have people raise their hand every week to recommit their life or to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And we have this Alpha Connect group that is all about your next step in your relationship with Christ. It's like the ABCs of your relationship with Christ and you walk it out and you walk it out and you walk it out and it gets better and it helps you. And some of you, you've been coming to church and you don't know how to grow in your relationship. Some of you, you just, you just don't want to go and we can't hardly get people in and yet we're saying, man, growing equals changing. You gotta get involved, you gotta do the work to get involved so that you aren't just a growing person, but you're a saved person who's serving people so that the served people become saved people. I think about this and says this, I'm closing with this. Luke chapter 22, verse 24 through 27 says this. It says, then they began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. And Jesus told them, told his disciples, in this world, the kings and great men lorded over their people, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you, it would be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank and the leaders should be like a servant. Who is more important? The one who sits at the table 
or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here, for I am among you as one who serves. Matthew 20, verse 28 says this, do as I did. The Son of Man did not come for people to serve him. He came to serve others and to give his life to save many people. You know what happens in churches every week is that churches have become like sporting events. And the building's full of people, and at sporting events you go there and there's thousands of people. And they're, they're looking at a basketball team and they're yelling at their players to try harder. Man, shoot the ball better, pass the ball, put more hustle in. I, Russell Westbrook, oh, you just don't care. You don't care. You just have too big of an attitude. You don't care, Russ. Come on, care, 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 care. We get ready for college football, high school football. And we're gonna yell at these college students. Trust me, uh, uh, Kevin and Kelly Jones, whose son was Landry Jones, still is Landry Jones, by the way. Um, like, what happened? <laughs> Kevin had to wear headphones because he wasn't gonna listen to other people yell at his boy. I totally get that because I'd want to punch somebody in the face because nobody wants to win more than those players on there. But there's tens of thousands of stupid OU fans, and I'm one of them. I'm an OU fan. I try not to be stupid about it. Come on, you don't care. Just run. Just throw the ball. Ah, you know, and you're going crazy. And the, what the people need on the field the most is a break, right? They're exhausted. They've been going 90 miles to nothing, needing a break. And the people watching the game, what they need the most is exercise. It's true. Can I tell you, that's the church. That's the church. We've become spectators instead of participants. And do you know why we have so many people leaving churches across the United States? It's because they're riding the bench instead of in the game. And it's no fun to watch life change happen. It's fun to be involved in the process of seeing lives change. It's fun to see kids give their heart to the Lord. It's not a pain to volunteer in FC Kids Elementary. Man, I get to be a part of helping students and little children know who Jesus is. What isn't exciting about that you get to do that? What's not exciting about getting to go to Panama City Beach with a bunch of teenagers and see God transform? They get to do that. I love that John Butts in our first service, he's out in the parking lot and Kevin and Becky Kunkel are out in the parking lot, welcoming people and saying, man, you're welcome here. We're glad you're here. Justin Turnbow and a bunch of our greeters are in the front greeting people and welcoming here. Man, we get to do that. And life and church and your relationship with the Lord is a whole lot better, a whole lot more rewarding when we move from the chairs to the apron, serving, because when we serve people, we become more like Jesus. Save people, man, it's just true. We serve people. So let's be a chair, a church where every chair is welcome. Every phase is welcome. That we're growing. We understand we have a mandate not to stay the same. We don't change the rules just because it's easier, but we begin changing. And we don't just sit and watch it, but we start serving in it. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Long become. Join in our vision here at Foundations Church. Services are every Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. and our youth service voltage is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more about us or to get plugged in, check us out online at foundationschurch.tv.
We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.